Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons, in the studio, joined as always by Randy Engston. Hello, my friend. Hello. And a special guest today. We've got a third man on the mic. We got Chris Poirier from Perform Better. He's the general manager all the way out. Yeah. (laughs) We got the round of applause. All the way out from uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to have me out here. I was, it's, uh, it was a nice, nice trip out here and uh, it's good to be here. Yeah. Probably a nice time to, to leave uh, Providence to come to Arizona. Yeah. It was, uh, it was 33 yeah, well, we, we called in that weather favor for you. So <laughs> mid, appreciate that. Mid-70s. So, so Chris is out here. Um, for everybody that hasn't heard of Perform Better, you've either been living under a rock or yeah. you just haven't been in the, in the industry that long. Chris, why don't you give us a quick, you know, 30,000-foot view of Perform Better as a company? Sure. Um, well, Perform Better is under the umbrella of MF Athletic. MF Athletic started 60, 65 years ago. Um, Bill Fork, the founder of the company, um, he was a track and field coach, mm-hmm. coached University oh. of Rhode Island. Um, he specialized in pole vault, all the jumpers, long jumpers, high jumpers. And um, Bill had this, always had this um, issue with plantar fasciitis that he, it was a, a nagging, you know, mm-hmm. weather, training. That's and, painful, and obviously, well, the, and the shoes back then were pretty bad too for track, especially track shoes are just yep. the spikes Car- with cardboard. nothing, no heels. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he had that problem. So he came up, he came up with a product, a uh, uh, heel protector. Mm-hmm. Started that about 65 years ago. Um, started MF Athletic with that. Um, then retired from track or left track to started, um, started to um, sell track and field equipment. Because he, as a coach, had a problem of always getting pole vaulting poles yeah. or shot puts. I'm or sure that's, during that's kind of a specialty product, right? Very specialty. And if... At the time, back then, if you didn't get it before season, you couldn't get it during the season. So most people who are progressing in, whether a pole vault is progressing every other week, needing mm. a new pole, he, um, you know, he needed to get a pole. So Bill then started to started to fill his basement up with poles, and he used to <laughs> hammers and shot puts and discus. And uh, during the season, he would uh, he'd coach track. Then he'd come home, and his wife and son and daughter would 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 start would answer the phones. Oh, the yeah? orders. Bill and would come home them? and he would bring he would bring the poles to the airport, put them on a plane, and <laughs> wild. And then track coach would meet it at the airport. Would get pick up his pole at the airport. So that's that's what started MF Athletic. And then in, in roughly the late '80s, Bill had an idea that everyone should train like track and field athletes, meaning that everyone needs to run faster. They need to jump higher. Mm-hmm. They need to have stamina and they need to have strength and power for their throwers. So track and field sort of has everything. So he was like, why doesn't everyone train? like a track athlete does. And usually training for a track athlete back then was whatever you could do out on the track. So there's a lot of body weight, a lot of functional That's right. That's stuff. Right. So he, um, he had this idea to start, start a training company to go out basically after football. And um, I, after, I played football at the university where Bill coached at. 
Um, I knew Bill. I knew his family. Um, after I graduated, I was actually a football coach, head high school football coach in Rhode Island. And I didn't like coaching. So no? Had a, bad, <laughs> had a very bad taste. At 22 years old, you're like, yeah, yeah. you're coaching 18-year-old kids. And it's, it wasn't the, I, I, I would have, I, I tell people I'd probably still be coaching if I went the right path into coaching. Makes and sense, I did an yeah. internship and I was an assistant and I went the all GA, the way down the yeah. road. But going mm -hmm. right into a head coaching job was not, was, was not a good move for me. Um, and I wanted to get out. Um, and Bill wanted to create this line to go out after football coaches. So he brought me, uh, brought me on. What year was this? Up. This is 92. Okay. Yeah. So you started it, it, it performed perform MF better. athletic first. At, exactly. MF today, athletic. Too. It was, was the company and perform better. We just started to kick off a catalog in 92 mm -hmm. to come in and, and football was our main market. And as you know, as the world of strength and conditioning grew, we grew. Um, because, you know, at the time there were really only football strength and conditioning coaches. There were, you know, a lot of other sports that were scattered to basketball, a couple NBA teams had some, um, baseball was starting to, mm -hmm. starting to do a full load of, of strength coaches. So, uh, once we, uh, you know, once we got in through, um, I came in, we found our way through strength and conditioning. We we finally branched off into different areas that we were going to grow into that were just, they were finding us. You know, rehab world was finding us. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the fitness world, which was, you know, mid-90s, the fitness world was finding us. And as I was telling you, it was, you know, mainly the strength coach that was coaching, working with a couple athletes, also had a clientele of regular general fitness clients. Right. And so they're doing the same thing with them. So... We made a, it, it was a pretty smooth transition going into fitness. And, uh, you know, for 30, 32 years, 33 years, we've been growing nonstop. Yeah. And we, you know, and I, as a gym owner coming down the scene in 2009, I only know you as a fitness company, not really yeah. the track and field side. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, you know, and one of the big things that you do is your summits, right? These are mm -hmm. the ed huge educational events. And, you know, like for us, we would take our whole team. It was a team building event. We would be over, we're in Arizona. So Long Beach was the closest one. And we would take our teams out there. Um, you know, give us some background on that. Like what's going on these days with the, the summits? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. We got into education. So a little bit, a little bit about the history of our, how we got into education. So we, we always, since we started in 92, we always had a consultant. So we always work with someone at back then we were working with Vern Gambetta, who was a, 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 um, a strength and conditioning coach, uh, for the White Sox. And we, we basically, we started working with these different professional strength coaches as consultants of ours and, and putting them in to speak in different conferences. So whether it's the NSCA conference or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, all these variety of different local regional conferences, we would bring a, we would sponsor a speaker. So we would just put a speaker into the conference. Gotcha. Um, and that was our sort of our way of getting education out. And at, you know, in, in 92, we were following this functional path. So we were, you know, we were basically all in on functional training. We wanted to, we thought that everyone should train functionally, mm -hmm. you know, in the weight room, in the fitness center. Um, and as we, as we moved along that path and we started in the late nineties, we're like, well, you know, we're sponsoring all these speakers. Why don't we just put our own seminar mm -hmm. on? Like it's, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, like, it, like it's that yeah, easy, it's, right? Yeah. Let's just let's jump into that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 we're putting someone in. So we started off with a very, very small one where we, we had three speakers come in for a one day in Boston in 97. And we, we filled the room up, 100 people in yeah. a room that could probably fit about 60. Awesome. Nice. Um, Best kind. 
The best, best kind. And mm. uh, what we did was one of the key things to our seminars is we always added a hands-on component. So we always mm -hmm. felt that we wanted you to touch the equipment. We not only wanted you to learn the X's and O's about training, mm -hmm. but we also wanted you to get your hands on the equipment and do things into the hands-on group. So we always had that. So, you know, first year, first one we did was a success. So what do you do next year? You add a couple more, a couple more, they were a success. And so we just kept growing it. And, and the funny, we weren't marketing them that well. It was just word of mouth. That was just people well, such saying, a hey, niche. It, it was such a niched, uh, you know, strength yeah. coach kind of world, right? And and to seek out that type of education wasn't very, you know, wasn't on the internet or anything at, back then. It was you got to go to go to these seminars. So correct. And the hands-on was was very key. I mean, there was lectures and there was a lot of lectures, conferences that people would go to. But I think the the niche to us was that hands-on component. Yeah, and you, you still know, do I, the hands-on. Still do mm -hmm. the hands-on. Yeah. And it's got to it's got to raise the bar for the experience of being there. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. especially the the funk, the fitness side of things. These are active individuals. Yeah. To oh. put them in a room for three days and just hammer them with information without giving them some some blood flow, yeah. I think was probably where we lose you know a lot of them. So even just tying some of that physicality to the lesson itself probably gave you a little bit more depth in in what they walked away with. It did. It did. Yeah. And, and and you know, it's always you know. I think in the world of trainers and strength and conditioning coaches, it's always you know you'll hear about or you'll read about a new exercise, but you really don't put anything into it until you until actually you've try done it. it. Sure, until you do it. Yeah, and then you get that you, you get the litmus test, and it's like, oh, it passes it. Yeah. So the hand, that's where the hands-on sort of came in and tied everything together. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. And, and you know, the, the main client that you're going after is that strength coach, personal trainer, fitness coach type of person, and they feed off of exercise knowledge. Oh, right? yeah. They go oh, yeah. crazy for it. certifications. And we talk about this all the time. Yeah. You, you know, and it's interesting because we we're, we're, we're very business focused here. Like yeah. we, we just, you know, you're a great trainer. We're not going to teach you anything with training. Like we're going to help you run a great profitable business so you can keep your damn doors open and buy more equipment from you. <laughs> um, and you know, that's, that's the funny thing about what, you know, what you're doing at perform better. I know you have some business tracks and stuff, yeah. but like we, we find it difficult on our end to do uh, events just about business because train, trainers, they're just not so business focused all the time. They're training focused, yeah. they're exercise science focused, they're study focused. And if they could just sit in a room 
and come up with new exercises and do freaking studies all day. They'd geek out on it, yeah. They would do it, right? <laughs> yep. But they would be broke too. Yeah. So like, so like, yeah. what? So there's a fine balance. So you really, you really bring in the the education on the exercise science side. And you know, again, props to you. You've you've done it for since we, I guess, '97 on that on that yeah. level. Yeah. How many years is that? Can anybody do some math? Long, real quick? long, long time. Uh, a long time. Yeah. It's, uh, it, but it's 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 funny you talk about the business world of it because we started to sprinkle a business talk into some of our mm -hmm. and you know right around 2000, 2002, in that area we started to sprinkle you know a, a business topic inside there or or topics that. Um, may not be fully business, but may, may more motivational to get your business in yep. gear. Yep. Like a, I know you're talking Darkin about yeah. type yep. of thing, you Martin know, that, yeah, Martin yeah. Rooney, correct. Oh, yeah. that, that just, you know, you know, makes Jack you think yep. and want to jack up and wants you to put more emphasis into your business. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, following year, two years later, I had a, a guy come up to me at the end and he just did a, a, a weight room with us or just did his gym with us. And he's, and he said, I've been coming to him. This was like 2002, 2003. He said, I've been coming to your first one. It was like five years. He's been coming for five years, but he says, "Now I finally I, I'm putting the principles together, and now I finally have some money to spot to buy equipment." And, this, and I'm like, and "That's when it really hit me." And I'm like, "Oh, wow, the business end of it. Yeah. If, if only if that's the that's the secret ingredient. That's the secret sauce. Mm -hmm. If a gym has more money, they can buy equipment. If they're not making any money, they can't buy equipment. Yep. Yep." And it's interesting because, yeah, equipment's not the cheapest thing you can go yeah. buy. Um, you know, and a lot of gym owners, I guess, train, come from that training world, I guess, although they, they think that if they bought a cool piece of equipment, all the clients are going to come flooding in because they got the new hip blaster or whatever <laughs> it is, right? Um, that's not true either, right? No. And so so there's this fine balance. But, yes, the business side of it, and you're, you've been growing that side too because you, you partner with Tom Plummer back yes. back in the, in the day, and you mm -hmm. did the NFBA, which is the National Fitness Business, business Alliance. Yeah. yeah, and we know Tom very well, um, just – did the speaker school? Yeah, we just around seeing you yeah. boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so and so it's a good time. Yeah, and the NFBAs were were great too because they were like a traveling road show yeah. with the with the sponsors and stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was always a party. I'm I'm there for the party. I come from, yeah, just no. like I, just like I go to the workouts for the rest breaks. I go to the I do the workout for the rest breaks. <laughs> and there's always a nugget, you know, and there's always, always. a nugget oh, yeah. that's going to save somebody some money, you know, and that's I think that's what everyone is really looking for when they go to something mm -hmm. they're not looking to change their whole program they're not looking to change their whole business around but they're looking for those two or three nuggets that they can just go back and implement i think the trainer doesn't like trainers seek educational fit, fitness education so much because what i feel is they don't want to ever be put in a position where they don't know the answer yeah i would uh, agree they, they yeah. they're they're doing you know, Stu McGill's, they'll, they'll watch all his stuff and they're, and they go so deep in the rabbit hole that they don't ever want to be put in a position where they're, I guess, maybe called out or they look dumb or they just want to have the answers. And mm -hmm. I think, and that's why they always are seeking education. But from us, from our side of the feds, we're like, well, you may get stumped once, but like, as long as you know where to find the answer, yeah. I mean, let's, let's worry about the general population here and, and make some money in your business. Then, you know, 
understanding the dorsiflexion <laughs> angle yeah. of the knee. You, you can have 45 certifications, but if you if you uh, don't understand a P&L, you're going to have a rough business. Well, that's rough true, going too. Business, that's you know? true, too. Sufa, but that that is a fine line, right? You need a little bit of both and, and enough to be dangerous in both realms. Correct. Sue Falcone calls that the alphabet soup, the people that have like yeah. 6,000 <laughs> initials after their name, mm-hmm. like yeah. you know, MS, BS, yeah, they CBT, want, I think ABC. they want to feel confident that they you know, know their stuff. Correct. But it's funny because, you know, running a gym for 14 years, I can't maybe one time ever had a client come in and say, asked us about the certifications we had. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? But, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, we have ed- coaches here that, you know, they seek that education out and they will yeah. drop everything to go get educated, programming seminars and kettlebell certifications, all this stuff. And it's great. You need that stuff. You do. Um, so, so listen, uh, Chris, we talked last night, we went to dinner, we had a great steak at this uh, old yeah. school, uh, stockyard steakhouse. Pretty cool. Uh, I'll nice. have to show you that place. It's over, um, it's, it's kind of like on the other side of the zoo from Tempe. Yeah. Anyways, um, we were, we were in there kind of, we we're talking about where do we feel the industry's going? You know, like with COVID basically took the legs out of everybody, you know, and, and Chris, you were kind of mentioning, Hey, I'm not seeing it come back as fast as we'd like to yeah. see it. Uh, why do you think that is? You know, it's 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 puzzling, Tim, and I think it's still I think I think it's still the fear. But there was two things we talked about that I that I truly believe it is. Is one, I think there's the you know people are hesitant into putting more money back. A lot of people in the fitness industry got burned. Oh yeah. You know, and it's and it, it's it, funny as I was telling you last night. I, you know, when when COVID first came out, and 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 we have a lot of our. A manufacturing over in over in China, and we I have a good relationship with one of my one of my manufacturers. And the first thing he said was, you know, he said, "Hey, BK, you know, make sure people are healthy." Mm. You know, he says it's good, it's tough for the obese. It's you know, and and he's telling me things that this is this is in May and June of 2020, early, which nothing was coming up about it around here. It was just now it was becoming a pandemic that was um, that was doing a lot of damage. But he, you know, he what he was telling me things about who it was affecting. And so I was like, okay, so this is going to be like, maybe this is going to be the next big boom for fitness. Cause sure. we've been hovering for the last 20 years between that 22 and 25% of, of people who have a fitness membership. And I was thinking, this is going to be, this is it. This is going to get, sure. it's going to be a big eye opener, get people back healthy again, get people to the gym. I mean, it's not, it's not like we don't already know that fitness is good for you. You know, we, we know all that's know been proven that. for years and years and nobody has disproven that fitness <laughs> is, not, is not good for you Yep. Um, for what it does for you. But I thought this was going to be it. I said, here it is. Now we're going to have that boom that's going to, you know, with right. a little scared, uh, uh, with people being scared, it's going to get people, more people back into the gym. But the opposite was happening. They were keeping gyms closed the longest. And it was like they weren't letting people go back to exercise and work out in gyms. And it was like, all right, maybe this, you know, what's going on here? What's going on with this? Right. So I was like, all right, once everything opens back up, everything will be, go back to it and we'll have this big boom. And it's like all of a sudden you're hearing, you're reading, you know, CBI that 32% of the gyms closed, mm-hmm. you know, during COVID were forced to. And, I even think it's a lot more than that because there was a lot of small little studios that weren't really considered. Yeah, registering. In, registered yeah. as a gym, you know, just considered sure. mainstream stuff, um, you know, little small little training centers. Well, basically every gym got closed in the United yeah. States yeah. for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was up to the gyms and, you've, you you know, the, the outliers, the guys in New Jersey and stuff, you know, protested and left their gyms open and all this stuff. But, like, everybody was forced to close. Yeah. And unless you, two things happen. Unless you had reserves 
unless you could figure out a way to generate revenue as a closed business, because some landlords, they, they still had their hand out for that lease check to come in or your mortgage yeah, company yeah. and all these things. And so, yeah, you, you, you're saying 33, 32% yeah. of the gyms closed forever, right? Like yeah. they never opened again. Haven't opened back up. And, and I mean, I'm sure there's, a, there's been a trickle. I know there's been, there's been a few that have come in that have merged into another gym or, or combined and mm -hmm. stuff, but you know, it's, it's, it's nowhere near that that we're seeing of the new gyms that are opening. Yeah, so like it, like it was in 19, 19. I mean, we, we knew you had exactly. your record year, right? A record year. We had, you know, gym, a lot of new gyms were open. A lot of young trainers were starting their own gyms. You know, now it's, it's, it's very rare to see a trainer, you know, take that leap, that leap from being a trainer for eight, nine years and going into doing their own facility. Well, speaking to that, I mean, cause that is in everyone's kind of eyes, like the natural progression right you train you get to that certain level yeah. of a trainer and then the next thought is oh let me go open my facility what do you think is the gap that you know we have today that was there before is it the risk of start starting a business after watching what happened is it the lack of knowledge like what do you think the person listening that's kind of in that position considering that what is their next step that's a good that's a good question i i don't know if it's the if it's the new trainer, the, the the motivation that's not there with the older trainer that, you know, that was that was always the path yeah. of a trainer. You yeah. become a trainer, you work for someone for eight to 10 years, you grew, and then you branched out and you you started your own place. Um, today, it's 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 either that young guy's gonna start right away, he's not gonna work for anyone, he's gonna mm -hmm. come out and open his own, which is very, very few, or they're still just not taking that chance yet. And I think it, I think a lot has to do with of you know what happened with COVID sure. and the shutdown. I think that's still fresh in their mind. That's a lot of those guys went through that. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those guys didn't even have jobs for six months when yeah, they were closed true. down. Yeah, that's true. You know, so they're as they're coming back, they're like, oh no, I you know, I don't want to take a shot on this yet. Well, I see. I mean, everyone always says you know there's opportunity in chaos, and you know, and everything that we're talking about right now. I mean, there has to be a hole in the in the industry in the marketplace. There has to be a an opportunity, you know, for somebody to to go do those things. And um, is it when it comes to starting your facility with the things that you bring to the table, what do you think is, you know, whether whether it's setting up your studio with the right equipment, mm -hmm. whether it's having the level of knowledge, what, what do you, like if you could give a couple pieces of advice to the guy who's just starting a gym or interested in opening a gym, um, from your seat, you know, knowing both the, the education side of things as well as the importance of having a good, solid layout, what do you think is the most important or the next step for them? You know, and, and Tim, we hit on this a little bit last night where we 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 talked about there needs to be a there needs to be a a mentor sure. before someone opens a gym, like going through all of the things mm -hmm. that basically that you've lost money on when you open your gym, you know, <laughs> all, all of those yeah. mistakes that you made. Yeah. Um, I, I think there, there needs to be that period or there needs to be some sort of mentorship or mastermind program into just young trainers who was, who was starting to come out because I think that's their biggest fear right now is, is do I take this big leap? Sure. Also, I mean, prices have gone through the roof too. Prices of, you know, rental properties and, and yes. trying to get space is just, everything is just ridiculously crazy. Um, and when, you know, when people do, you know, when a young person or a young trainer tries to think of the numbers, they can't put those numbers in their mind that's going to cover it. So they get, they get fearful when they start yeah. to see it. They don't have a business plan that's going to get them to that point. 
And let's, let's talk about the generation, the generational thing. I think, you know, you're not seeing young people, although probably because they can't afford it, they're not purchasing homes, they're renting, they're traveling more. Yeah. They're never like putting roots down to like, when you open a brick and mortar, you're locked in, like you're putting mm -hmm. your roots down in an area. Um, and it was no question for me. I was like, it wasn't even a second thought. And I didn't go through the same path as the trainer that opened up after a couple of years working for somebody else. I was an athlete and played football. I was in construction and I was going to a gym down in Maricopa, which is, I don't know, 30, 40 miles from here. It was the only gym in town. Anytime fitness was the gym. Yeah. And I got to know the owner really well. He was a police officer. He came in, shook some hands, collected a check, went home. He had like 1500 members. Of course, he was the only gym in town. I go, this, this is easy. <laughs> I'm going to do a gym. That's that, that was my path. Famous yeah. last word. Yeah. Right there. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> Um, and it was going to be a, it was going to be a second job. I had a job and I was just going to open a gym on the side. And then of course the layoffs happened in 2008 and 09, it was chaos. So it forced me in and I had to learn everything from scratch. Right. Like, so, um, for me, it was no question, but like today's generation, I just don't see commitment levels on anything, yeah. marriage, yeah. uh, kids, homes, you know, all of that. Yeah. But opportunity and chaos with 30% less gyms to compete with, this would be a perfect time for somebody to go into an area that, you know, had three or four gyms closed and just go open up your studio right now. Yeah. Well, and capitalize. We, you know, and we're still it, coming up. I mean, there, there's still talk of it in the news, right? Like it's, we're still a daily reminder of what we just went through over the last few years. And so I think, I don't think the fear has mitigated from the, the risk of something like that coming back. And so for somebody who's thinking about opening up a business that just got handcuffed, Right, they might still be too fresh on their mind to go. Hey, I'm willing to take that risk. Um, but to your point, I mean, if there is that big of a gap or in there that big of a need in the in the marketplace, somebody's going to win doing it. And it just it's it's making sure that you have the right ducks in a row, right? Maybe yeah. some education. You know, making sure your education's there, having a a intelligent decision around the equipment you're putting in your facility. We, I mean, we're so big on that on the model and how it's tied to the equipment and the layout and things like that so that we can we could operate safely even through you know mm -hmm. some of the regulation and things like that so you know just be more intentional i guess with those decisions if you are going to take that risk i love the idea of a mentor i mean obviously that's a big part of what we do mm. right because somebody's got to be able to to help navigate the uh the mistakes of the past and, yep. and help people not make the same mistakes and yeah no that's true and i you know, in, in, in most mastermind and most programs, you're already dealing with a gym owner. Yeah, you know, true. I'm even yeah. talking a phase before that, before they're yeah. a gym owner. Like, I, I'm, I'm just starting to look for, you know, leases. I'm looking for buildings. I'm looking for There's a, that's a whole to put world. A I'm yeah. starting to put a business plan together. So many they, I mean, most trainers don't know how to put a business plan together. And if they don't have a business plan together, they're not going to they're not going to be able to go to get a loan. There's they're no not funding. Gonna get a lease. Sure. There's going to be no funding. So yeah. they have to <laughs> they're yeah. going to need help with that. They're going to need help with the lease. I mean, what is it? I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that you're helping already, Tim, is with their leases. But the problem is it's already after the fact. Yeah. If you yeah. could have gotten trying in with them early, you could have. Trying to renegotiate. Yes, I learned a ton yeah. of stuff. We were just talking about the air conditioners here. We have six units in an all glass building in Phoenix, Arizona. Right. We're, we're that's that's a big expense. So when we were doing our lease, I broke that all into the landlord's expenses and they fought us on it. And I said, I'm not signing unless that's yours. And that's paid off probably fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 over the term since, yeah. cause they've replaced two units. They come and service it. I don't have to worry about it. So yes, 
<laughs> I did make the mistake on the first one where my two units went down in the same summer and I had to come out of pocket like 40 grand for these giant, you know, rooftop commercial, you know, eight ton Installed units. by a crane. Yeah, yeah they have a oh, crane yeah. They have a crane that comes out and yeah, you got to pay for that guy uh, 250 bucks an hour to drop the crane, you know. <laughs> Whether he's working or not. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yes. Ready to get into the air All this business. knowledge is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wrong business again. <laughs> Vertical expansion right there. Hey, let's get a, a crane company going here. Let's do it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Absolutely. There's no, there's no real uh, education on that level. You know, I could see a book in the future on just all the th all the things that we could, we did wrong. And how to open a gym wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, how to open a gym right? Don't don't make it, the last chapter be all the things that you yeah, did wrong. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day to day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it. So keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much. And you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get to, into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week profit business accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winningjim.com slash grow. And now back to the show. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so, so obviously you, you know, one of the things that you do and kind of one of your tells is, is that, Hey, how many people are opening new gyms? Yeah. You're seeing that kind of fall off, fell off a little bit. Um, well, let's talk about the equipment of the future. It, you know, let's sure. just say somebody is opening a gym right now. Yeah. Obviously we have our, you just toured our place and you saw kind of what, how we set yeah. up. Um, you know, what are you seeing as the trends in the industry? Are you seeing more large group open, training gyms open up or more personal training or semi-private gyms? I'm seeing more more um, semi-private gyms, Good. more group training, yeah. It's, the, it's, the word's out. We yeah. love hearing that, yeah. 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 It's, it's just the masses aren't going back to the $9 a month gyms. You know, they're just, no it's, um, and I think it's, you know, and again, I, I don't want to say the more educated market or the consumer basically knows that health is, is what health means to them. And what it means to the future. I mean, it's it's funny we we joke about it, but there's so much research research out there of what fitness means of living long longevity and in life expectancy and everything that goes along with it. And it's you know I think the smarter the client realizes that knows that there's more than it's it's more than just a nagging hour workout. It's there's there's something to this. There's you would hope, right? Be, you would uh, hope they'd understand that, right? Yeah, and and so I think I I think people need guidance and training. You know, a lot of people that, you know, in the $9 a month gyms go to it and you see a lot of weird crap going on. I mean, there's full of YouTube clips of mm -hmm. the $9 gyms, oh, of yeah. what people are doing in there. And I think this, the smarter clientele doesn't want to be associated in with that and they want to do it right. They may not know everything about fitness, but they want to, they want to go to someone who does mm -hmm. know about fitness and, and they want to know what's their path to get it there. Because it's, like you said, it's <laughs> exercise sucks. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's you, the, the best part of the exercise is the minute you're done yeah. when you're done, the rest you feel breaks. great. The rest breaks. It's when you're, you're doing it, but it's, you know, you get that great feeling afterwards, but the feeling yeah. before you start is, is, is not exactly the same. So it's having someone deliver a program to you and bring you through a workout yeah. to meet your goal. You're going to get there so much faster. I think people realize that yeah. people know it people will spend money for that. I think we've kind of gone through those trends too. We were talking a little bit earlier, right? Like from the bodybuilding phases through some of like the 
the aerobic phases where classes really kicked off and it was, you know, 20 to 40 people in a room just getting sweaty and moving. Now, I mean, at least for my stake, it could be what I'm connected with, but you see more of kind of the understanding of the importance of muscle, not to a bodybuilding-esque level, but, you know, the longevity, the anti, you know, keep you from falling, yeah. the recovery aspect. Like, it, it, it's, it's the limelight now. And I'm seeing it more and more. And I think you, I think you, we're both talking about the same people. Uh, we had one of our um, uh, good friend's husband who had a heart attack and he was going to be dead, but whatever he, they saved him. And they said, truly the muscle mass on his body saved him. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? The doctor saying that we have another good friend, a uh, friend of ours, I told you about him last night. Um, big muscular guy. I uh, got into uh, you know car accident, whatever, um, and, and he also was coming down with some pneumonia thing at the same time. And he said he was in the hospital for two weeks. He would have been dead if he didn't have the muscle mass. That's what the doctors are telling the yeah. patients. Your pure muscle mass has saved your life. And then that's in that's in Western medicine. That's in the ERs. That's that's which, out there. So, which is mind blowing, you know, which, the way that we fitness and in medicine kind of go back and forth in some of these pushes, but it's becoming the standard now yeah. that muscle is, you know, a key to longevity. And to hear that and to feel that, you know, with what we get to provide and do, yeah, I think that's going going to give gyms like semi-private training where you have a little bit more body composition focus, not just hot sweaty bodies of room or the other end where you're one-on-one -on -one with a trainer because you want to walk across the stage. Right. You, this is the, yeah, this is the gen pop. Like this is the, this, the key to success when it comes to health, fitness, longevity. And we're in, I think it's just, it's nice to see that paired with the conversation of those doing it from a medical side to having those conversations, doing the studies and publishing it. And then we can come in and, and provide that service that really brings like what you're saying is like, it's the right place for people to be. Yeah. No, you're making them accountable. Yeah. That's, and so how does the equipment that you're seeing, like, you know, your, your equipment company first, mm -hmm. and, and what are you seeing, like, the trends? I mean, for, I remember, it's, hold on, I remember trends in BOSU balls. Yeah, I man. remember trends in uh, TRX. Foam right? rollers. Foam rollers, yeah. right? I, there was all those trends. Are you seeing anything so going that way? We've, we've, funny thing is we started a few trends, and a lot of people may not realize the trends that we started. Now, obviously, we had, our, through our education, through our consultants, through our, you know, educational network, um, you know, foam rolling. We started foam rolling back in 95. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where the funny thing is the product wasn't even, foam roller wasn't even around for foam rolling. <laughs> yeah. Foam yeah. roller came, it was- it, Myofascial release. It, it, was, it, it came around for Feldenkrais, which was, that's what we were selling it for, which was- I have a friend, my dad's friend's a Feldenkrais yeah. practitioner. Yeah, and that was yeah. like in the late 80s when, when the balance and everything, the alignment, the body mm -hmm. alignment, which Feldenkrais is about, and, that's what started, and then all of a sudden, you know, um, Mike Clark, who used to, who 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 went on and and, and um, revamped NASM um, and went on to bigger and better things. He actually, uh, through one in our workshop, started started to roll on it in the back of the room and was like, "Oh, this is my fashion." At least wrote wrote a wrote a book on it for training for the new millennium of of things that based off of of foam rolling and myofascial release and sort of created that in uh, the mini bin, which is mm -hmm. still our number one product today was that was, you know, really mini bin workouts in 92 to 94, wow. which and the mini band workout came, came from Vern Gambetta who needed a band, needed a program that he had a lot of, when he was with the White Sox, had a lot of groin pull injuries. Sure. 
And so he was looking for something that, you know, in baseball, they're rampant. You know, you, you never yeah. really, a funny thing in baseball, you never hear of a groin pull any injury, but back 30, 40 years ago, everyone always had Isn't groin that pulls interesting? In, base, yeah. in baseball. That's interesting. So the training concepts of, are now preventing that. Training concepts are preventing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hardly ever do you hear of a groin, someone pulling their groin. You don't. And, and, but most teams do mini band workouts. So they yeah. do hip openers yeah. and all this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it right. is wild. It's, it's actually yeah. what should happen if we're being honest. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, exactly. That's what should happen. Yeah. If we keep having groin pulls, it, that, that's the problem, right? <laughs> oh, wild stuff. Well, listen, Chris, uh, you know, you got, you got some summits coming up. I know you yeah. got your schedule already yeah. laid out. Um, do you want to share that with everybody? Sure. How, how, sure. how does somebody get, uh, you know, these are the three-day summits. These are the three-day summits. We're actually, um, so the three-day summits, uh, we've actually, we're changing them up a little bit next year. So it, technically it is still a three day, but before we were Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm -hmm. um, Sunday was just always a, a bad day for the summit. So we went to noon time and, and yeah. people were leaving in the morning. We, we would, we would only probably get about a third of the attendees come back for okay. Sunday or they come back for the first session and then they go catch a flight and they're heading, they were heading out. So what we decided to do is we decided to, um, make Friday a, a longer day. Uh, and we brought in Thursday, we brought in, an, um, we're doing an early session, we're doing a three hour session on Thursdays now. So we're gonna be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Gotcha. Okay, and that's smart. Smart, yeah. Uh, yep. So people could come in in the morning on Thursday, catch the afternoon. Exactly, we'll start, that first session will be like a three o'clock, three to six. And that's usually when people were coming in. People yeah. were yeah. starting check to come in, in around room, three o'clock, so. That's what, how we do ours. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we leave Sunday for travel, too. Sunday for travel. Well, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. you know, gym owners are gym owners, trainers are trainers. They got to get back to work, families, everything else. So, yeah, we, we starters, uh, we let people kind of come in that morning of, and then that afternoon we start in the half day in the afternoon, and then we do two full days. And yeah. they can leave that Saturday night, yeah. or they can stay the night and leave Sunday morning, Saturday. either or. Yeah. So, so, okay, so you've got a Thursday, half day, Friday, Saturday. Saturday, yep. Um, dates, we, we, we're bringing back Orlando. Uh, we'll be in Orlando the first, well, actually it's the first is a Saturday. So we're the last weekend in May, or the okay. last week in May, that Thursday, Friday, and first day in- You want um, me to pull up the calendar? Yeah. yeah we, we'll get it. <laughs> well, let's go. Last, the last uh, in, in May? And we'll put all these, uh, we'll put them May, all in the show 29th, notes. 30th, we'll recap everything below. Oh yeah, so the 30th, 31st, and 30th, then going into 1st, June yeah. 1st. And then uh, that's my birthday, by the way. Hey, happy, May, May happy 29th. Birthday. Yeah, we'll May have to 20. get you on the Orlando one. Then. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <Happy birthday. laughs> no, I can't take you away from you. You want to bash out here? No, you no, don't want to bash I'm, in I've Orlando. Been, no, I like Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll be there in February. Yeah, February we have an event there. We'll bring over Mickey for you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got Orlando. Orlando. Then we got Chicago the third week, third week in June. Yeah, twenty seventh somewhere yep. in there. Twenty seventh. Uh, 26th, 7th, and 8th, I believe that is. Let's go to... Sorry, I should have had them here for you. And what, what month was it? Uh, June. Yep. So June, uh, like 13th, 14th, 15th, something like that. June. 20th, 21st, 22nd. Well, listen, you don't have to look it up. We'll, nope, we'll yep. put them... 27th, 28th, 29th. Okay. I'm sorry. 27th, 28th, 29th um, in June. And then... Um, we're going to where we were in Long Beach. Um, we were unable to get into Long Beach, so we're bringing it back to where we started in California, which was in LA. So we're at the LA Convention Center. Okay. So we're, and that's the first, second, and third of August. Okay. Um, and then we're um, uh, cleanup is back in Providence again, the twenty second, third, and twenty fourth. Yeah, and these are all smashed into a couple months. Correct. Yep. A couple weeks in between. 
Do you have people that go to all of them, like as an attendee? Yeah, really. Uh, we used to. Okay. We, we had we last year we had I think we had four or five go to two of them. Oh, um, wow, okay. But, but there was one point we used to sell a summit pass. Now we just now we give it. If someone goes to one and they want to go to another one, we just comp them for the other. Really? One. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you heard it here first, you folks. Yeah, no, that's, that's like a secret menu. Yeah. Uh, in and out burger. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> secret you sauce. Go, so if you go to any of the summits. Any summit, you can go to any any of the other ones. That's huge, yep. guys. You Maybe you missed, because uh, I know the way you do it, you have multiple speakers at the same time. Correct. Correct. So there's, the, the, the funny thing about that, too, is, and when we used to do the summit pass, there was a couple of people that went to all four and they didn't see a single presentation. There's, there's at, at, at either one. So there's, I think we have 72 to 78. Well, this year we'll probably have about 85 presenters on it. So 85 through four locations, you could literally go to every single one and not see all of them and not, and not see all of them. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay. How do people get tickets to this? Tickets, they can go to performbetter.com. Go to our seminar page. The dates are up there. We're just waiting to confirm the LA date. Okay. The reason that's not on there is is this strange thing with LA Convention Center that we we can't confirm it until they confirm it with oh. us. So. No, you confirm it. You <laughs> confirm it. No, you <laughs> confirm it. You confirm it. I'm not confirming uh, it. You confirm it. We've already signed on the dotted line, so it's... Uh, uh, but we're just waiting for them to confirm, which they said the middle of December will be gotcha uh, they'll, yep they'll so confirm it with us they're and just I, they're I, waiting for someone bigger than us to come in really yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, i can't imagine the plane that goes into four events in one year can you i mean one event's enough for me to try to figure out so props to you guys you guys are the the you know the leaders in that side of you know the education side as far as the training goes um, guys, if you haven't, if you haven't been to a perform better seminar, you're going to want to go. Are you, are you bringing back any of those one day? Cause you used to do a three day and a one day. And so we, we, we decided not to bring the one days back in 24. Um, reason being is I just, I want to concentrate on bringing the summits back. So I felt that last year was a little those. too much Four summits and five, one days. We didn't really focus on any of them and we didn't do any of them well. Okay. There you um, go. So we, 2024 we is to, the resurgence if, of the Correct. Day. Once my goal is once we get the summits back to where they were, we'll start, we'll bring this, we'll bring the one. Focus on one thing. Smart. Exactly. Well, Chris, thanks for coming to the show. It was a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate thanks, you Tim. coming out, flying out just for, just to be on this show. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Came out to see this beautiful gym you have out here. It's gorgeous. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. So that's it for this episode, guys. Until next time, keep changing lives. We'll see you on the next show. All right, and thank you for listening to that episode of the Built to Grow podcast, where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you need to do is join our private Facebook group, Business Talk with Fitness Professionals. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Business Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you do, we're going to give you our 10 marketing strategies, seven-figure gym owners use to win. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Until then, keep building something great.